Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This week, it's a cup of soup, and we are diving right in. It's a two-parter with my colleague from City University of London, my partner in ACT, the one and only Dr. Paul Flaxman. And it's a first for us. We recorded on the road, well, on trains and in hotel lobbies, to be more exact, In this, part one of the Flaxentosh road trip, we reflect on the work we've done over this last year, who we've worked with, why we do this work, how the training protocol has developed over this time and been adapted, and we finish with an anticipation of the train journey from Newcastle to Hexham. We were on our way to Hexham in Northumberland to spend some time with some NHS colleagues there. The reason I'm a little bit giddy about this train journey is that it covers many landmarks of my youth. To get an idea of this episode, let's hear from us live on an LNER train from King's Cross to Newcastle. <laughs> I don't know what to say now. So, P-Supers, it's Flaxintosh here, our first try at recording in the field, and we are on a delayed train to Newcastle. We reckon the current delay is about two and a half hours. We're currently stuck at Peterborough, wondering what we're going to eat because we've exhausted our food rations. <laughs> and what the purpose of this episode, I thought, was to kind of a bit of a, a review of the year, stuff we've done, um, looking back at all the train the trainer interventions we've done and also looking forward to next year we've got some exciting news so we'll be sharing that with you would you like to say anything Dr Flaxman I'm hungry (laughs) yeah we've been looking at restaurants in Newcastle and we're not sure first of all we're not sure when we're going to arrive and then secondly will we be too late to eat that's my that's my major fear that all the restaurants are shot and we have to have a bag of crisps crisps you say (laughs) and let's get a glimpse of Paul's reflections of some of the milestones from the year How's the program evolved over the over the over the year? Have there been any highlights for you on what what we've done differently or what's evolved? Yeah, I think uh, the way we present the matrix in the group has evolved, particularly getting across the idea that towards moves are often more difficult and can be associated with more difficult thoughts and emotion, whereas sometimes moving away from what we don't like inside of us can give us a sense of release. Sense of relief. <laughs> yeah, it can be quite a triumph when you when you do that away move. It can be like yes. That's. I think we've been getting that message across that towards moves often pushes against our comfort zone a yeah. bit. Right, pea supers, get a brew on, sit back, and let me take you to the beautiful lobby of Motel One in Newcastle. This is kind of like a, a performance review, not to give you any stress or anxiety. Mm. Mm. Performance review of the year, I was looking back at Flax and Tosh, mm. or Mac and Flax. Mm. And looking at the stuff we've done this year, but also looking forward to next year with a very exciting development. We are in the lobby of the beautiful Motel One in Newcastle. And 
We are a big fan of the chain now after staying there for the first time in Glasgow a couple of weeks ago. Mm, very much. I think you were. This is the Glasgow was the first one where I did the whole booking arrangements for the rooms, and you were a bit disparaging, forward slash nervous about the name motel, but I think you will agree it surpassed your expectations. Yeah, I have eaten my hat about that. <laughs> Excellent. It's very nice. So yeah, let's. Let's take a look back. Oh, let's see why we're here as well. We are in Newcastle mm. because we are visiting our friends and colleagues in the NHS, both at the Northumbrian... Northumbria Healthcare Trust, yeah. Thank you. And also the Newcastle one? Yeah, Newcastle Healthcare Main Trust, I think, which is more central, yeah. Yeah. So we are... And also Liz Talentier from up in... Lancashire, covering that area, Liverpool, Manchester, where our programme's being used. So it's going to be a great meeting today with them, and we're going to share a bit about developments, um, we're going to talk a bit about pro-social, and also get some feedback from some research that we've collaborated on. Mm. So this isn't complete, but it covers a lot of the trusts we've worked with, and... Also, going towards the end of the year, we've got a gig presenting to Mind in December. Mm. And NHS Harrogate again. Yeah. So which part of Mind does it remind me? It's the City Hackney Northern Forest branch uh-huh. of Mind, mm-hmm. um, particularly where they're interested in, in ACT for groups and one-to-one. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. And then we've got Harrogate before that, I think. Mm. And that's the second visit to Harrogate, and we know they've been using the protocol mm. already. Yeah. There's a gig at King's College, mm. I believe. And let's just run through a few of the others. Um, Gloucester NHS, Newcastle NHS, we've been twice here um, this year. More recently, Leeds NHS. Mm. Great gig with them. It's a very good gig, yeah. And exciting to hear about other research going on there with Ariana. Mm. Glasgow, our first trip to Scotland. Mm. That was a, I really enjoyed that. Mm. Partly because I love Glasgow, but partly because I also love the people, and it felt the right timing for them and for us. Um, I've done a few ballet gigs, Royal Ballet, Northern Ballet, Scottish Ballet with Jamie, not with Paul. Although that's not to say he's not a spectacular dancer, as we know from. Uh, previous episode come on Eileen that's all I'll say um, Bristol NHS what's known as SLAM mm, South London and Maudsley thank you with Helen Winter the staff support lead there yeah. that was a good group yeah we had a great group at uh, Bridge End in Wales and we did a teacher's gig gosh I nearly forgot that mm. how can I forget that mm. With head teachers and the well-being leads from schools in Bristol. Must have been 100, 150 then? I think it was probably around 150, but mm. I'm not certain. But yeah, shout out to Duncan Gillard and his crowd in Bristol for For making that happen, yeah, because that, that, was, that was phenomenal. That it was a, a day-long conference looking at ACT. Mm. And I, I took the head teachers off in the afternoon to talk about leadership. Mm. You stayed with the uh, well-being practitioners. Mm. And it was pretty well received. And in fact, I'm continuing my involvement on that project mm. in January, working with representatives from about 20 schools who will be trained 
really decent, rigorous, useful training in acting. Mm. I think they're leading the way in acting schools in the UK, mm. Bristol, by some margin. I think there's also the potential of that city to become more coordinated because we've trained two hospitals there. Mm. There's the education stuff going on and there's the interest from the council. Mm. So that's exciting. We did NHS Leicester too at the beginning of this year. Mm. And you've worked in Liverpool. Yeah, again, just catching up with Liz Talentier, who's been training others to deliver the programme and he has a great, a great model of supervision and support for trainers in the NHS, I think. It's a good, it's a good model, mm. yeah. And of course, one of the biggest gigs of the year for us, in terms of anxiety provocation, <laughs> was um, working with Joe Oliver at Contextual Consulting to do a two-day course mm. for round about 100 people in the room and round about 50 online, watching it live webinar, or they could watch it as you know, in their own time. Mm. But that was, that was great fun. Mm. Slightly anxiety-provoking, but also great fun. Yeah, I think it worked out well. And our first, first big gig like that, where we've used slides and yeah. that worked quite well. So we've done that again, haven't we, with other children? Yeah, we've continued to use the slides because it took quite a while for us to produce them. And, and it's, it's a great way to perhaps... It's a great way to reach, reach more people with the protocol mm. and potentially make more impact. So, so thanks to Joe for that opportunity and thanks for all those people who came along. Mm. I wanted to talk about why we're doing all this work with the NHS. Why are we going around doing Train the Trainer? And it's something to do with impact. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about impact? Yeah, so uh, universities now being strongly encouraged to generate impact for their research which means benefit really that research is benefiting society in some way Mm -hmm. so we get our impact by um, taking the program that we've developed and giving it away to organizations by training internal people Mm. to deliver it yeah and this is getting a bit serious for us but personal meaning in that I know you have a, a real passion and dedication to the public sector and, and me too. And for me, it's about knowing that if this training is picked up and delivered, we know we're confident we've got a strong evidence base that it's going to improve mm. or enhance psychological well-being, which I think is pretty darn important for the NHS right mm. now, mm. the phenomenal work they're doing. Considering the pressures they're under from lack of staff, retention, Mm. lots of issues going on there. Mm. But their dedication, it shines through each time. And if we can support that, I think that really has some personal meaning for you. Anything else from you on the the meaning? Yeah, I think, you know, feeling that this is what universities should be doing, really, that they should be a force for good universities. So I really like it that our university Mm. supports us doing it and wants us out there doing it. So... Yeah, it feels like um, we're doing what we should be doing. I love that. It, it's what we should be doing as a university, mm. not just sitting in an isolated mm. ivory tower thinking hard, mm. doing sums and things, mm. but um, getting out there, making a difference. Mm.
So thinking about us and the training, because we, we often have fairly long train journeys together, and we talk about the protocol and developing it. Any milestones for you in what we've tweaked and adapted this year? Yeah, I think the you know the integration of the ACT matrix, obviously, mm. has been a big change over the last year, perhaps two years, I think, but where it's really, I think we've seen it working so well in groups where I was a bit wary at first wondering mm. how it might work in groups if you remember yeah I do um, but yeah I think we've, we've found a way to communicate some key message simplified it and just the way people respond to looking through that lens at their lives mm. um, is really yeah I think changed the program for the better mm. and I think I think it's evidenced anecdotally by it feels the way we use the matrix, it almost does the work for us. Mm. It's it's um, it's kind of intuitive and kind of a nice reveal. We talk about sometimes of mm. this is this is one way of looking at the human experience. Mm. And I I just reflect that, that we've now incorporated the repetition of the matrix in a variety of life areas. So hopefully people who are trained in this approach might leave thinking, oh, what can I use when I'm facing this challenge in life or who do I want to be in this situation or what am I moving towards? They can think, ah, I remember the matrix. Mm. So there's no apology for that repetition. In fact, we may even put more in it. But mm. um, Yeah, it's skills-based, which means you've mm. got to train it and train it and train it again. Mm. People will walk out the door with it. And when we were talking earlier over our boiled eggs, you talked about the big question being something mm. that's changed for the in a great direction this year. Mm. Yeah, so I think this part of our session one in our app programme for the workplace, um, towards the end of that session, we asked the groups, you know, what shows up inside of us, mm. humans that can get in the way of us engaging in towards moves. Mm. And, yeah, it means that we're asking Matrix questions really from the very beginning. Mm. Yeah. And I just think it, it was a kind of a bit of a tired part of the programme that it's replaced mm. that never really worked very well about internal barriers yeah. and external barriers. So that question, what we call the big question, I think, is really mm. working well. And you can get some diffusion in there as well by asking people what's it like to see some of this inner experience written up on the flip chart. I, I love the way you yeah. do that because yeah. you say what as, as you say you ask that question but it's um, if someone says anxiety you might say oh, what, what's your mind saying what thoughts are coming up and people then start to go mm. oh it's not going to work or I'm going to be mm. found out or I'm going to get told off so love that one that stood out for me in diffusion we, we have a segment, quite a big segment in session two of the protocol on diffusion and we talk about the passengers on the bus and how long have these unhelpful thoughts been around and someone said these unhelpful thoughts are older than me mm. which kind of blew our mind a bit but what the, the lady meant was they'd been handed down to her mm generationally mm. from parents or other people in their formative years mm. and I think that's really profound and also 
in my experience, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can think of lovely thoughts that I've got from, from my parents. Mm. But it's that awareness, isn't it? It's the awareness that you mm. can sort of step back and have a look at that as a product of the mind rather than mm. always being wrapped up in it mm. or pushed around by it. Yeah. So I guess, I guess on behalf of Flaxintosh, if I may be so bold as to speak for the, the um, double act. Dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, thanks to all the people who've invited us to deliver the training, because we know that it's quite a complex and difficult task to tenaciously make it happen. Mm. <laughs> Coordinating us and our diaries with a group of people in a trust mm. and getting the release for, for what's usually two days. Mm. Is no mean feat, so thank you very much to those who organized and invited and also those who attended and who are delivering mm. out there. It really does feel like worthwhile impact. Mm. I think that's the inspiration that you know, often we're training busy clinicians, busy mm. therapists who find time outside of their day job sometimes to support staff in their organizations. And, I think, again, it shows that they they really care about their colleagues' well-being as much as they care about their clients' well-being. And it just makes me want to be very clear with them that they need to look after themselves as well. Mm. Right, that's it, P-Supers. Part one, done. In part two, the road trip continues, and you will hear our big news for 2020 and also an attempt at slow radio, which will be live from our train trip from Newcastle to Hexham. If you like this episode or the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, rating or review are also really, really appreciated and help us reach more people. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk and this includes links to a few other platforms. You can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, at people.soup. And on Facebook, at peoplesouppod. Thanks as ever to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and to you, dear peasoupers, for listening. Have a great week and bye for now. Right, so, I thought we'd reflect on this year and also look forward to next year, basically, mm. to see what's going on. We are in the beautiful reception. Could you try not to put too much on the table, please? Because <laughs> it goes straight up the tripod and... Ah, oh dear. <laughs> right, so...